I know it's not a big deal to anybody else in the world, but it is a big deal to me. I have R2-D2's brains working. There's a bunch of electronics on a piece of wood over there, and they're being powered by a DeWalt battery, and everything powers up, and everything is connected, and the sounds happen, and I'm waiting on a remote control to show up so I can actually really, truly test everything, but all of the main brain guts are there and connected, and that's pretty exciting for me. I thought you were going to say it's in a jar on your desk. <laughs> it's in a jar on your desk. Does it go? Not that kind of brain, but yeah. Does it do it? Does it make the sound? It does. Yeah. You want to hear it? Yes. Yes. Hang on. It's not very portable. Okay, so here's the brain. See this plate of electronic brains? Bob looks like he's holding a bomb vest on his. It's like a bomb vest. <laughs> a on Dewalt his battery. So I turn the whole thing on. Everything powers up, and I've got different power things. And then, ready? Really I, I was not Sorry. ready for that. I'm going to be honest with you, Bob. <laughs> is that the electronic chicken you're making? What is that? <laughs> oh, I turned it down too much. No, it doesn't work. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, so it's just the soundboard, and it's got a little trigger button on it, so I can trigger the different sounds. That will eventually be handled by the remote, but I can just kind of do it on here. May, may I suggest cool. something? Sure. I'm fairly certain that all the sounds from R2-D2 was made from his, uh, a synth um, made by ARP. I think it's called the ARP 2600. Mm-hmm. I think you should get one. It's going. It's going to cost you maybe ten thousand dollars, but I think you should get one if you really want to be authentic. And let me borrow. Oh, it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I'll have to go back and re-record, recreate all the original sounds myself. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. David said I had to. So. <clears throat> That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So his uh, his brains work. I mean, all the motor controllers are there and stuff. I haven't hooked the motors up to them. But the controllers are there and powered, and so, you know. I have a question. That sound, this is just a stupid technical question. That sound that we just heard, now that's, I'm presuming that's ones and zeros and not a recording from the movie. Um, I'm not sure how they got those sounds. They're really high quality. I don't know if it sounds like it coming through the little tiny speakers, but they are really high quality, and they are true to the, to the movie. So I don't know if there are some copies of the original sound files that were, mm-hmm. you know, used. I, I, I don't really know. But it's a kind of tried and true pack of sound files that gets passed right. around. You know, it's just everybody says use this because this these are the real sounds. Okay. That's I, that's, I was curious if it was actually an audio file or wave or or if it was done digitally but programmed. Yeah, no, they're actually, they're wave files or they're MP3 oh. files. But Oh, that's good to know then. Okay. Yeah. Sense. And there's just there's tons of them. There's like 40 something different sound effects that get passed around in this library. And they all have these really specific names that are kind of weird. Um, but they describe either what the sound was for, like what the, the uh, emotion behind it was, or some of the sound in it. And so when you look through the forums, they're you see a lot of these weird, like, doo-doo and chortle and annoyed and shorkatukuka and stuff like this. And, like, it, it's this weird little sub-language that our 2 builders are familiar with because they're like, oh, yeah, the, you know, miscellaneous 14 is the one where he goes, whatever. So it's kind of weird, but there's a lot of them, and I got them in there, and they're working. That's really cool. 
Very cool. Very cool. That's what I've been up to. What do you guys ah. been doing? <laughs> Dave, you go, and then I'll go. Sure. So, yeah, we didn't put out a video last week. It got caught up in some other things and waiting on approvals. So this week, probably have two videos coming out. One will be The Shaper. I think we discussed that last week. And then, and then I also, um, since making that video, I had a conversation with one of the guys from Shaper and and um, just some really cool people. And they just wanted to hear my, my, my feedback, good or bad. Yeah. And um, it's, it just sounds like they are just committed to improving that machine, which is, it's a pretty easy machine to work with. As of right you now. You talk to so. Sean? Uh, yeah, Sean. Yeah. Yeah, Sean's a great dude. He helped me out when I did the video. Shout out to Sean over at Shaper. We met yeah. at WorkbenchCon. Oh, yeah. I met him. He's very tall. Yeah. And then you got... <clears throat> and nice. <laughs> tall and nice. That's two qualities I look tall. for in a, yeah. in a human. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, why did I say uh, we got another video coming out on bending plastic. We bent plastic in a, in a few different ways. And that one is done. It's waiting for the sponsor to approve it. And that should be out any day. We um, There's a bunch of DIY plastic bending jigs where people will take like a heating element from a, um, like a hairdryer or a space heater. There's a couple other ones. I bought one of those single hot plate burners, cost 12 bucks. And I was going to take the guts of that, which is pretty basic, and wire up a, a thin wire to to melt or to heat up like a really small area of plastic. And it turns out that that coil, the burner part, is bendable. So I was able to bend it into a straight line. And then I kind of shoved it into some tubing to keep it nice and straight because it wants to spring back. And we were able to get nice, perfect, long, straight heat um, into the plastic for, for nice, easy bends. And it was one of those accidental aha moments. And it was and it worked great. And a lot of the jigs, they have this hinged back so you can bend and we found that we made one and it just complicated the process so we just heated the plastic over the straight line and then just bent it by hand it was so much easier and really easy to get nice precise bends because after like 40 seconds wherever you're holding it it'll just stay right there yeah hmm. <clears throat> that's, awesome. that's cool uh, so i have a question about the whole plastic bending thing when you went into making that into a video like with that was the intent of the thing and then when you finished it was there as much um or more or less like technique or tips you know when you went through the whole thing did you get out of it what you were expecting or was it more or less or what i think um i knew what i want only in the jig making process for for the one technique did I I thought oh this is going to be super easy I'm just going to unhook the burner and I'm going to put a wire in there um, and then that's whatever and it didn't work out as easy as I thought and I thought I needed this this bendy jig thing and that just complicated it so I didn't really learn any new techniques or pick up some new tidbits it was more about the jig of like i thought i needed this everybody says you need this turns out you don't there's an easier way and um 
and we so we did one with the with, with that heating wire. We did another one with just a heat gun and some clamps and some some calls to keep the plastic in place. We did one with a toaster oven. We did one with boiled water, like a like a double boiler type thing, and it was the the boiled water throwing in a record in there takes it like as soon as the record hits the water you can bend it to any shape you want and then you have like five seconds to shape it and then it just stays there and if you mess it up you throw it right back in the water and it it remembers the plastic seems to remember its original position so if you screw something up just heat it up again and it'll want to go back to that original state and then you can kind of redo what you did so um it was one of those videos right it's just a pure tip video but it's going to help me design projects in the future because now i know i can do this quickly and easily i also learned that uh shooting video or shooting photographs of clear acrylic is hard (laughs) (laughs) impossible yeah i made this one this one shelf you gotta make sure you're wearing pants when you shoot stuff like that you do you do because you never know now We do. Uh, we made this one shelf piece. Kind of stole this idea from one of the books that I have, where you think of it as a as a flat sheet, and then an upside down U is cut out of there, and then you take that U and you bend it down, and you have a shelf. And we did like a two tiered shelf thing, and that was clear. And I was photographing that for the YouTube thumbnail. I'm like, you can't see what this is. So I had to actually make another one out of uh, like a yellow acrylic. But clear, clear, they look cool, though. yeah, clear acrylic looks really cool in person, especially when you get into the thicker stuff, like the the quarter. Inch, I don't have anything thicker than a quarter inch, but it's just. Are you laser cutting it, or your bandsaw cutting it? How are you cutting it? Um, in the video, CNC? I um, uh, jigsaw. Um, okay. Oh, cool. Here's a secret. Here's a, the shelf video. We show me cutting it out with the jigsaw, but the one in the here's the final product was cut with the laser because it's just i wanted to show that you can cut this with the jigsaw with the right blade but it's so much quicker and easier and precise when you cut it with the laser so yeah of course yeah of yeah course, of course julia it was totally the julia child's thing where you put the turkey in the oven then you go to the other oven and then you pull out the finished one yeah it makes sense yeah yeah we we, we do that on occasion as well yeah yeah. Because you kind of have to. But. Yeah. <sighs> Jimmy, what have you been up to? Uh, we talked a little bit about it before we get started, but the spontaneity was was pretty good this week for me, being just being spontaneous. And last year, it was a year ago this week, it's our one-year anniversary that we were at Maker Fair in San Mateo, if you guys remember that. And while I was there, I bumped into Peter Brown. Of course, we were hanging out, and and Peter and I got into a conversation about uh, doing a collab video. And he's like, hey, maybe I make knife scales or something. I had just made, like, a knife, so that was why it was the topic of conversation. I put out a video, I forget about it, some handmade knife. And he's like, hey, maybe I make, like, resin-casted scales or something. I was like, yeah, let's do it. So going into last summer, he sent me a box of goodies, and they sat there, and I waited and waited and waited. And he's like, hey, let me know when you get through that. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, sure. And then I had an idea, and then it waited and waited and waited. And then <clears throat> I, in my notebook months ago, I drew a picture of a knife with an offset so you could use it like a spatula. And because I've been making a lot, I, I cook a lot for myself. And when I cook, I always like to like efficiently swipe the vegetables off. And I'm always like kind of like 
having so I'm like, if this knife had a jog in it, I could efficiently swipe those vegetables right into the pot. And so I drew that knife, but I didn't have a plan for the Peter Brown build. And he he nudged me a few times, and then Barefoot Forge, Craig Cowan, gave me a big piece of Damascus, and he's like, "Hey, make a knife out of this, whatever." He was really nice. He just handed it to me one day when we were hanging out, and. So it all came together this week when Peter gave me another nudge earlier in the week last week. He's like, he's like, hey, um, he goes, just check in and see if you're gonna ever make that knife. He goes, no, no rush. You know, he's being really delicate. He's a sweet guy. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna make it this week. And then I went on Instagram and I committed to making it. I was like, I got this piece of Damascus and these handles, but I didn't apply the idea of the jog handle to it until the moment I started making it. Because I'm like, as hey, this is gonna be another regular knife with some pretty patterns in it but like what can i do to give it a little bit of like a a twist and then it occurred to me to use that old idea of the spatula knife which is basically just like a glorified pie cutter but i did it and it was it worked out really well and uh it's (laughs) it's funny there's a couple of uh really scathing uh reviews of me and my channel on peter's (laughs) because peter was sending people back and forth and there's a couple of guys that just do not like me that are big fans of peter but do not like me (laughs) (laughs) so if anybody wants to entertain themselves go and look at the comments about me and peter's channel and uh peter had he's like hey 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 if anybody gets out of line here i'm gonna have to start deleting comments keep keep it civil (laughs) so uh yeah so um I uh, the reason I bring it up is because it was a fun video to make and and surprisingly it's on the trending page today. I woke up this morning That's and awesome. it's on trending, which is the second time in my life I was ever on trending. And the funniest thing is it's like uh, uh, Jeffrey Star with like six million views, and then somebody else with like two million views, and then some makeup person crying with another three million views, and then another makeup person crying about something else with another four million views, <laughs> and then me with one hundred and eighty thousand views, and then. Some computer nerd crying about something, you know, me and my wife are getting divorced. And that's another Jimmy Duresta making friends everywhere he goes. <laughs> Those top trending videos are always just YouTube drama with all like the upper echelon. You know, uh, gaming gaming makeup nerds just crying about some relationship that went bad. Not even like a, you know, a relationship relationship, just a friendship relationship. And so I'm in there and like everybody in my comments like, why is this trending? This makes no sense. And it gets back to me and we joke about algorithm. There is somebody that has a keystroke at their command that says, I like Jimmy. Oh, you know, this is, uh, let me give Jimmy a little bump. Uh, Whoever that is in the Google experience, I want to say thank you. Because I don't deserve the trending. I'm not Jeffree Star. I'm not wearing makeup and I'm not crying about some drama. But imagine, just imagine how many times you could land on that page if you did wear makeup and cry in all your videos? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. Just gonna throw it out there. It's an yep. option. Mm-hmm. You know. That's it. I could sh- I could put makeup on my hands because that's really all you see when I work on. <laughs> anyway, so I'm on the trending page. So whoever that one person is there, I would like to say thank you very much. My one fan inside of Google put me on the trending page, where I clearly don't deserve it. Because I've had other videos in the 24 hours, I hit about 200,000 views in the first 24 hours. I've had, like, the the rifle I put up three, four months ago is at 9, 10 million views. That did not make wow. it to the trending page, that restoration video. So the, the, many people have said it, the trending page is somebody's personal preference, whoever that is. And so I'm glad I'm, this week I'm on that person's personal preference. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. 
<clears throat> but also this weekend, so that was cool with that. And then also this weekend, uh, Derek from Malden has been fiddling around with trying to get a quality CNC, and he's been going back and forth. And then he found a really good one on Facebook Marketplace about two hours past my house. So he drove, picked me up, me and Aaron, and we went and he purchased this uh, router CNC parts, full on four by eight table for less than half the price of what it would have been. You know, some you, you guys could find it all the time when people are looking for good equipment. You don't necessarily have to go straight to the source to buy a brand new one. This was a guy who started a business and the business kind of floundered immediately. And then this perfect brand new four by eight CNC machine sat in his shop and now he needs to move out of the shop and he's just put it on Facebook marketplace for a good fast buy. Anyway, we went and picked up this four by eight table and it was a little complicated having to dismantle all the stuff, but uh, we did it. We did it, and we did it in a way where I know Derek could put it back together. We rented a trailer, and then we came back this way, and Derek spent the night, and yesterday we hung out a little bit, and then he went home. So he's got a new 4 by 8 CNC table that he has to put together in his basement. Nice. But uh, it was a nice education and just you know seeing the inner workings of these machines. I, I of course, put my ShopBot together with the guys at ShopBot, and they really led the charge i just stood around and handed them tools but uh you know these things are complicated and it's gonna make sure you put them back Mm -hmm. together right i said to derek i go if anything comes from this obviously you got a new machine but you're gonna have a a, you know phd education in assembling a cnc machine and knowing where when how to you know assemble the electronics and, and so on and so on the guy who we bought it from said he he said he goes he goes even though you guys are breaking it down he goes you're breaking it down into chunks he goes I literally like bolted every single piece of metal together and so he says you guys yeah. are breaking it down into the essentials which makes it just more deliverable but he says he goes imagine he goes I was sitting in my living room with boxes and pieces all around me and never not knowing anything so oh yeah <clears throat> well we put our machine together and it was overwhelming the amount of just like pack I mean it all comes packaged in the steps so yeah. that's helpful but all the hardware looks, you know, pretty much the same at first glance, but there's different lengths of everything and different little T-nuts to fit different types of bolts that go in different types of slots. And there's just, you got to do it all in the right place. Otherwise you get to the end and you need one type that you accidentally used at the very beginning, you know, and you, you've got the wrong type now. Yeah. Like it's not a hard process, but it does take a while. But once we got that, our machine put together by ourselves, it is extremely rigid. So it's pretty impressive that somebody oh, yeah. who doesn't know what they're doing, pointing at myself, can put something together and it end up being a super beefy, rigid, well put together machine. Just, I tell you, it's funny. About the company. Because it's all aluminum. So you think, like, oh, yeah. So like, we went to go pick it up. Like, we, well, we took the gantry off. Then we went to go pick up the table. And I'm like, is this bolted to the floor? Like, it didn't budge. <laughs> It didn't yep. budge, so we had to break it down further until we were able to pick it up in pieces. And uh, yeah, it's something to be said for. And and uh, I always, when I look to buy something that is complicated, something that needs to be assembled or something that needs to be put together, I, I, for me, it's more of a matter of time and laziness. But <clears throat> I look for the thing that's already put. So if I'm going to spend, say, you know, a thousand dollars on a tool, brand new tool, I go right to Craigslist or somebody on Facebook market to look for that same tool that's already assembled. Because <laughs> for me, it's, it's worth mm-hmm. more to buy something that's already put together than buy it brand new and spend a week trying to figure out how to assemble it. Case in point, I was in, uh, 
a few months, a couple of years ago when I was working with Lowe's, they gave me a budget to go buy a bunch of tools and I went to go buy a compressor. And there was a compressor on the floor and there was a compressor in the box. And the, the one in the box, the, the one on the store was, was there. And then the one in the box was, the box was smaller. So I was like, I could only assume that the wheels weren't on it and everything else. And I said to the guy, can I buy the one that's there? Can I just have that one? And he's like, uh, I don't see why not. He like grabbed his microphone, blah, 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 talking like, you could take that one. We'll give you like 5% off because it's the floor model. I'm like, great. And it's still in my shop with the big advertisement on it, how much it is. It's got the <laughs> sticker on it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> my buddy was there the other day. He goes, did you like steal this from Lowe's? I'm like, no, I bought the floor model. <clears throat> he goes, why don't you take the sticker off? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. It's, it's just, it works. It's just, it looks like it's for sale in my shop. <laughs> Everything is for but sale me, in your shop. <laughs> sure. You but can make me, 5% on it if you resell it ooh. at the price posted on the thing itself. So there you go. Yeah. No, so it's just it's just something to be said for like when you think about like when you commit to spending a number of like a, a, a dollar amount on something like, okay, I need this thing. I'm going to spend this dollar amount. You start looking around in that category of that dollar amount to see like what's more convenient for you or, you know, even a better deal, you know. So that's what I always do. So like, for instance, right now, I'm I'm thinking I want to buy a, a utility truck that's straight up utility so that I could like put big tools on the back and like transport stuff. And if I was going to go pick up a printing press, I could put it on the back of this flatbed truck. So I want to buy a flatbed truck. And so I've been looking around at different categories of truck. I, I want to buy something that's a little bit more, has a little bit more character than just buying something new. And I also don't want to spend a lot of money on something new. It's not going to be something I'm running around earning a lot of money with. It's really more for my own personal collection of, of stuff. So, like I wouldn't go and buy a $30,000 flatbed truck because I'm not going to really be using that truck to earn money. So I'm looking around for something about five or six or 7,000, something used, something that's got a little bit of character. So, I mean, I don't know. We can, we can do an episode on shopping of for used stuff. So, well, for that type of a vehicle, like with a, a specific purpose there of lifting and moving heavy stuff, is there like, what are the conditions or what are the constraints that you would be looking for? Does it need to have, I don't know, like a lift gate or like some sort of a way uh, to to put a crane on it or like two things? It's got. A, I want a flatbed in the back and like an aluminum flatbed, and it has to have a fifth wheel, like a, a hitch right in the middle in the back, because Taylor has a horse and we, we're we're building up to bringing the horse here, so it's really a utility truck for just like kind of like a utility farm truck, and bringing the horse here, and then we're going to turn the pasture here in the back into a horse, a big horse corral. And so the idea is that maybe we, you know, tell loves horses. And so, and there's so many horses up here for free. They're not free when you own them. It's obviously expensive, but so many people have horses that they can't take care of. And I'm not saying we're going to have a horse farm up here, an animal horse farm, like two, three at the most, you know? So tells like, once we have the environment, you know, we can go and she, she hears about horses all the time that are just like, they don't know what to do with them because the family can't afford them. Hmm. And they'll literally give them away just to get out from under the burden of having them. And so there's that. And uh, so looking for a truck with a with a, a hitch right in the middle for a fifth wheel. That's those big trailers that has the, the hitch that goes in the middle of the, the rear axle. So that's, a, that's definitely a, a criteria. And just a, a good looking, you know, something that doesn't look like it rolled off a hill because you can go, you could run the gamut, you know, they could have a perfect engine, but no one took care of the cosmetics on it. So I, if I'm going to be using it in videos and stuff, I want it to look a little bit handsome. I don't want it to look like something that's, 
you know, it's held together with duct tape and bailing wire, which some of these are, you know. And uh, so, and then maybe a dump truck. I don't know. Something with a dump back. I don't know. That's like, I don't know if... I don't know. I don't, I'm like one too much. I don't know if a trailer hitch and a dump or go together. It's either one or the other. So I don't know. I'm, Just I'm buy joking. a separate dump truck. Yeah, then you can have a yeah. horse truck and a dump truck and a printing press Believe truck. Me. Believe me, it's crossed my mind. <laughs> That's funny. Well, let's see. For me, uh, in the past past week i've been working on r2d2 a lot um trying to really make some progress on it getting it closer to finishing up this next video people ask so often about r2d2 videos but at the same time when we put them out barely anybody watches them so it's like hard for me to to uh prioritize them but anyway i'm trying to wrap this next one up and so i've been focusing on that and then we've been working on our fusion 360 course a uh, whole lot that's been kind of my main thing for the past couple of weeks where's the uh and it's getting pretty close do you have a dedicated spot where r2d2 is going to live when it's done i mean it's got to be visible you you spend that many months on yeah. it you need to be able to look at it and enjoy it i've thought about that a little bit and no i don't have that spot well, okay <laughs> so i'm not exactly sure because i mean it's pretty good size yeah especially like right it's it's behind me and it's upright but once you put it on the floor it's going to lean back and it gets wider at the bottom right because it leans back at an angle and the legs go back and so it's actually going to get bigger and no i'm not sure where it's going to go and then how are you going to ship this to maker fair once once maker fair starts again (laughs) you're gonna drive it Uh, not you're not okay bob can you do bob when when it's all done can you do a montage of you and your family just doing family stuff and r2d2 being there like crafts at the table (laughs) and like just a whole montage of like beautiful music and then like the kids playing in the grass and r2d2 just like the kids run by the camera, then R2-D2 comes up behind them. Like, R2-D2 is always annoying. Just really, like, come on, R2-D2. Just knocking like, stuff over, yeah. chasing then, the cats around. Then at the, end of the, at the end of, like, a video, like an arc of a video might end at night, like around the campfire on the property, and R2-D2's got, like, a marshmallow stick stuck out of, like, a hole in his belly or something. <laughs> I'm totally going to do that. That's an excellent idea. That's beautiful. That would be so much fun. And then, like, Josh, yeah. maybe Josh and R2-D2 arguing over, like, like the way to do something in R2-D2, of course, is always right. Like, that's not how you... They're like, no, I'm not going to try that K handle to put the joint on. He's just going... And you're like, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, while he's on Maya or... or Fu- I keep thinking of Maya, but I mean Fusion. Like, like, no, 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 that's not... Oh, okay. All right. You win again. And he just, like... Drops he drops his own microphone and backs off. <laughs> <laughs> I might yeah. do something like that. That'd be pretty awesome. Just tell yeah. it would be funny if he like tells every like he becomes like a complete like like power hungry jerk <laughs> and just telling everybody what to do all the time because he's always right. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we could probably work him into videos going forward, like where he's in one part of the shop and I need him to, you know, turn on the dust collector or something and you could roll over and do it. We could probably work him in like that. Um, <laughs> got it, you mentioned got the it. campfire. So last week we put out the video that I made the little simple campfire grill. And I don't know if you remember this, but along when you made the grill with Brad, mm-hmm. when you talked about doing that, I said, and you can go back and listen to the show. I said, oh man, I had an idea for a campfire grill. 
Now right. I can't do it because people will say I'm ripping you off. So I'm going to have to wait a while. <laughs> right. I <said> that. <laughs> because I knew that, that would come up. Like, oh, you're just. Did it come up? Jimmy's... People, people yeah, it, it absolutely came up. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it's not like this design that I did wasn't even gonna, my design. It's like you I'm can see them everywhere. But I, I stole my idea from Eisenhower Park when I was a kid. They had grills just like that, but they were attached yeah. to a cemented metal base. So I, I I should have done my mechanism exactly like the Eisenhower Park base because it would have worked better. My mechanism kept mm. falling in the video. We dropped it a few times. But, uh, yeah. So, I mean, I just got my idea from something I saw when I was a kid. Yeah. So I mean, most of the – there were a few comments about it, but they were all joking. They were like – in baby voice, like, you're just ripping off Jimmy in baby <laughs> voice. You know? So it, they were <laughs> yeah. playing into it. It was funny. Yeah. But I thought I'd maybe given it enough time to where it wouldn't get that direct, you know, yeah. like, you're just yeah, yeah. ripping off Jimmy. But it was still there. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm it's gonna not say, your my fault. My fans, behave. Behave. I'm saying to my fans, behave. behave. <laughs> like, as if it was, my fans it was are all, your fans. <laughs> it was all in good fun. Uh, but... You know, it was funny that it did come up several times. By the way, did you happen um, to see? I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Um, do you guys see? Do you guys know Wesley Treat? You know mm-hmm. Wesley. You got to watch yeah. Wesley's video. Yeah. Wesley did the hot dog barbecue for just one thing, and he was inspired by Laura's barbecue. Laura did a barbecue out of like a propane tank, and then Wesley did a thing for one hot dog. So if you didn't see that video, go check it out. He made a little barbecue grill that holds like four goal four coals, and then it makes a it makes it's a grill for one hot dog alone. Just one hot Somebody dog. said something about something like that in one of my comments, and I didn't understand what they were talking about. It's like a week or but... two before that. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. really funny. Wesley makes great videos. If you don't know Wesley Treat, go check out his stuff. Those are the projects that I love so much because it's so unique, and it's so what the heck. And I just... Yeah. That's that's what I love about the, the creativity of other makers. It's just like, I'm going to make this thing that does one thing and one thing only. And it's going to be really inconvenient to use because you can't make a hot dog for your buddy until you finish yours. (laughs) Always make yours first. Right. People make it to me though, because like in in the video, I only had one hot dog to go out to the farm and like actually show the thing working. Like we had literally eaten lunch and we had hot dogs. And so I grilled all the hot dogs on our grill at home. And I was like, I better save this one because I'm going to have to go out and film. And I can't go to the store because of the pandemic. And so I like keep the one hot dog. And then people are like, that's kind of a big grill for a single hot dog. I just picture now again, I can't stop picturing it. You like cooking the hot dog and then you like poke it with my ice pick, of course, and then put it in a bun and then cut to you (laughs) handing it. And then like the electronic foot from R2-D2 comes in and just magically just somehow it sticks to it and then comes off camera. (laughs) Like, there you go. There's yours, R2. There's yours, Josh. There's yours, Anthony. You know, one at a time. <laughs> and it's like the hand from, you guys watch uh, Triumph the Insult Dog every once in a while. He's got like a puppet oh, hand yeah. that's just like completely disengaged from the body just because it's like another prop to make a joke. <laughs> so you got to have like a, a R2-D2 hand, like, you know, like the cat paws that I made years ago. Oh, yeah. You could do that. I'm giving you that idea. You could use it. Don't let anybody say that I stole it. <laughs> That's yours. Okay. Everybody heard it. You passed it on. Yeah. And everybody, the whole world heard it. <laughs> so uh, we did kind of have an idea for a topic today. David, you want to set that up? So, yeah, I thought um, we get a lot of questions about, like, where do ideas come from? What do you 
how do you know what you work on next? And so I thought maybe let's just do an, an episode about ideas. How do you keep track of your ideas? And what do you, dis- you what determines what you're going to make that particular week? So um, I, and I'll start off by saying I currently keep everything in two places. Unfortunately, I have this Evernote list of, it's just a dump. As soon as an idea hits, it just, I can pull out my phone and it goes into there. And it's just like a one or two word thing. Then I also have a little bit more of a detailed list on Airtable, which is basically a spreadsheet. And I'll, I'll throw them in there. And then later on, I can categorize them as like, hot cold medium like whether or not like where it falls in my timeline and what type of project it is woodworking cnc laser or whatever turning and um it works for me because i know that those are the two places i can always go to see my list of what i'm working on but jimmy was showing me his book uh, showing us his book before we hit record and i think i want to go that route Things, for whatever reason, when I write stuff down with a pencil, some, there's a there's a there's a direct line between my mind and my hand that allows more ideas to flow out instead of just typing something on a phone or on the computer. And so I think I want to switch, and I want to have an actual book. And I might just rip off Jimmy completely and make my own leather bound book. And the way his is weathered, it looks just, it looks super cool. And it just like, if Indiana Jones found this book, this would be, you know, this is, this is a a, a piece of, this is a treasure. It's an artifact. I tell you, uh, thank you very much. This, this book um, is like one of the only books that I've ever had that doesn't tear apart. That's why I, I usually give up on a book because the binding starts to tear, and I'm only halfway through it. Even uh, uh, what are the ones that everyone loves? The ones like the field, not the field notes, but the ones you keep. The one, the Moleskine. famous moleskin. Moleskins often break down before I'm done with the book, so I'll start another moleskin. And moleskins are high quality; they last a lot longer than most. But even they break down, and the the, the covers start to get loose. This leather bound book, the amount of abuse that I put a book through has lasted so well. I mean, the pages are all like waterlogged and stuff when I let it sit. Like if it's a humid day, I let it sit. It starts to open up like this and it's sitting and it's like four inches wide. But I just grab it and just put a weight on it or put it between other books. Or like when I drive, I sit on it in my thigh because I'm like at a red light, I'll stop and draw an idea in it. But the difference between sketching an idea in a book and typing it in the phone, which I do too, because sometimes I don't always have the book with me or a book or a piece of paper. You type it, and then later on, I revisit it when I'm in the book. I could do a couple of little drawings around it. And then even mm-hmm. like even just like the essence of a sketch, even though it might not be the finished thing, the essence of that little tiny sketch can give me more to the idea. Can Like I'll show you a quick, for instance, even though you guys can't see it. I drew the other day. I've had this idea for years, and I don't think it's original anymore. It's already been out there one way or another. But I could still do it myself. Is You see this? I want to make a... A fork with a thumb. (laughs) You see that hand? Yeah. Yeah. I want to make a fork with a thumb with an articulated thumb. And I actually talked about this one somehow, but I I made one years ago when I was doing toy business stuff, but I didn't really have like the skill set to like take it to a good level. So in an upcoming video, I want to make a fork with a thumb, an articulated thumb. So you could like pick up a meatball or you can like get a whole handful of like, I don't know, couscous or something. I don't know. So 
But just the drawing, like I did the sketch a couple days ago, and just like the little dumb, it's a really gestural sketch. It's not really definitive. But that gives me, that gives the idea energy, if you could make, if they could make that make sense, as opposed to just writing fork with thumb. The idea of giving it energy is, is the perfect way to say that. And just, I can go through my Airtable or my Evernote list, and it's just a bunch of words. Evernote has some sketches in there, but being able to flip through something and actually I'm a visual person. So I need to, I need to see things and just seeing a sketch that maybe I did a few weeks ago. I know that that's going to help me enhance the idea and just there's, there's something about a visual that puts you in the time and place that you were when you, when you made that and just, it just could breed more ideas. So I, I definitely want to switch up into something more physical. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Bob, you got any yeah, thoughts? I kinda, yeah, I kind of do. Um, I mean, I definitely record the ideas digitally. So I have, we use Airtable for everything. And um, so I have a table in there that will let me put in ideas. And then I have some other details about them, like how maybe the type of project or actually let me pull it up and I'll just tell you what I have there. Um, that kind of the type of the status so I can set a status for it. If, if we're actually working on it, then it goes into our whole project flow. I have, um, some stuff next to it, uh, for needs. Like if the idea needs me to figure something else out first, or it needs a certain type of material that way, when I, I can put those things in when things are just an idea, and when it goes time to like order materials or if I want to actually put it on the schedule, I've got a list there of like, well, I can't do the project until I have this. And then it gives me a kind of a task, you know, something I can do to move it further ahead. But we use um, Airtable, like I said, but I have it connected through IFTTT, uh, which is like a, a service online where you can connect digital services, right? So you can have something you do in Gmail trigger something else on your whatever on Evernote or on Airtable or on, you can have any of those things trigger things on another service. It's easy to set up. It sounds complicated. It's absolutely not, but they have a note thing so that you can open up the IFTTT app and it's just a text field. Like when you open it, you just get a text field, you type and there's a single button at the bottom. And so I do that and once I press that button at the bottom, it handles taking whatever I typed in, sending it to Airtable, putting it in my ideas table, and it just, it does it. So anytime I have an idea of any type, I open that app, I type it in, I hit the button, and I close the app. That's all I have to do. I don't have to think about where it goes. I don't have to organize it, categorize it, any of that stuff. And so for me, that's the quickest and easiest way to uh, to just capture something because I, I like the idea of paper. I like the idea of carrying a notebook. But every time I've ever done it in my lifetime, I, I lose it. No, I don't lose it. I, I end up getting annoyed with it being there and I set it down and then I don't have it the next time that I want it or it gets destroyed in my pocket or, you know, something like that. And it's just never really worked out for me to carry around a paper notebook. What I do use the paper notebooks for is once I get an idea on this list... And then I start to move it closer to it being in our schedule, which is a different, in Airtable, we have a schedule and we move ideas from the idea list to the schedule. And when I do that, then I go to the paper, my notebook, like we have the orange uh, grid paper notebooks that we sell. 
and I've got one of those that's mine and um, that's when all the sketching happens. And so I definitely will keep track of a bunch of different sketches for how the the thing can look or details I want it to have. But that's all like I think Jimmy, I think a lot of your your ideas will start with a sketch. My sketch is okay, I've decided that I'm going to do that idea. Now to get it into the next phase, I have to be able to sketch it to start to figure out how to actually make it, you know, realistic. Um, but I don't start with that because I, I I typically, if I don't have enough information, the sketch isn't really helpful to me. It doesn't do an, its job, in my opinion, because my the job it does for me is like specifics, starting to build out how joints will go together or how big the thing is or how, you know, whatever. So it's a little bit different, but... I guess kind of the same is a different order for those things that you guys both do. Um, just a little bit of advice for like, uh, like somebody that's just either maybe just starting out or, or has a hard time processing ideas. I think for me, what works really good is having a bunch of different ideas a- in a way. It's kind of like a lucid dream. You have like five or six, like vague concepts. And if you start writing them down, whether it's just a handwritten note with a bunch of verbal, you know, type descriptions about it, or you start sketching it, which I think is important too. You start developing like just lucid dreams around these ideas and they don't always come together right away. And I think that's what a lot of people misunderstand. They think like, Oh, how'd you come up with the idea for this spatula knife? I mean, it's basically a cake cutter. I didn't come at it with a cake cutter as the beginning. It came out of a need for me actually literally cooking. I started developing. And then when I, as soon as I was done with it, I'm like, Oh, that's a cake cutter, of course, but it's just a sexy cake cutter. And, but the idea of it early on making it like I, I sketched it in my book and I sent it to some of my friends. I'm like, what do you guys think of this? And they're like, Oh, that's pretty cool. But why would you need it? You know, that was one of the first responses. I'm like, well, it's really for like picking up cut vegetables or whatever. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe that's an idea. And it didn't come to pass or it didn't come to fruition until I was literally making this other knife, which I thought would be boring and I had to bring something to it. Hmm. So by planting all these seeds and having these like lucid dreams just hanging around in the background, all of a sudden when you guys or when the audience sees the the video, they think, oh, wow, he had a crystal clear idea. That wasn't even another example I use all the time is the barbecue. I had all these different ways of lifting up a barbecue grill. It wasn't until I was in to making the video, I was like the first couple of scenes, I still didn't have the idea of making it a scissor lift. I had a completely different, familiar, similar, proven mechanism, which was just going to be like the rolly thing that pulls the cage up with a wheel on top. And I was going to just kind of try and bring my own style to something that's obvious, which sometimes is a good idea. It doesn't always work as opposed to that one left turn. So that left turn came from me just observing and looking at things and just always having that lucid dream state, even when you're working on something, it's, it's important because in the middle of a project, you've got to look for the opportunity to take a left turn to make a project that's good. Great. And that's really what it is making projects great again. M P G A. No, we'll stop it. <laughs> I think that's a really good point. Just to to point out to people that our our ideas are not fully formed when they're born, at all. Yeah. Just because yeah. you see the final form of them in a video doesn't mean that it like popped into our heads that way. Mine are yeah. absolutely not that. Yeah, mine roll around. They start as a super vague like I want a grill thing, 
and then it rolls around for six months before anything happens on it. And then I lay in bed one night and can't fall asleep and start thinking about like, oh yeah, where's that grill thing I was thinking about? And then you watch one of know. my videos and <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, I could rip off Jimmy and no one would ever know. <laughs> but it's I said cool. It before the like, audience said it. You could have that idea sitting there and like, it's not ready yet. It needs it needs mm-hmm. that that sparkle that that thing, and then you actually you might see something totally un- unrelated or related and you're like that's the that's the addition that's the that's the design or that's the element that i yeah. need to make my project different than anything that anybody's ever seen or just to make it unique or useful or or whatever so yeah I, collect another, the ideas another and important thing is another yeah. idea is is just get started too i mean we're all all three of us are on a little bit more of a different schedule but i have started ideas have started a video, not knowing at all where it was going to go, just because I wanted to at least kind of start kicking the, the adrenaline around that idea or the energy. I just wanted to kick it up a notch. So I'm like, all right, I know I got I want to make something out of this wood. So let me, I mean, not not completely vague idea, but I want to make a sewing box or I want to make a leather box or I want to make a cabinet or I want to make a toolbox. I just start doing it and then i wait a couple days before i go back to it so just getting the idea started i mean you have a category you have materials you have a thing but you're still looking for that left turn you don't know what that left turn is so i'll start a video always even when i have a clear idea i'm always looking for the left turn to something that's going to be like oh you know that's what yeah i'm always looking for that i see where you're going with this but i didn't see where i I was going with it yeah like my pattern would be more to that's ambitious for me. So for me, I want to figure out that even if I don't have every detail figured out, I want to figure out that left turn or that thing that makes it unique, the thing that makes it kind of special before I start. Because if I don't, then I don't really personally have the confidence to get, mm-hmm. or may, I don't know. I don't know if I don't have the confidence or I've just never done it. Maybe I've just never started something and gotten really far into it with the hopes that it will figure itself out. You know, I think well, I'd just like to have at least the idea. I'll tell you out. what. I mean, beforehand. there are a lot of times when I'm like, let's say you go on this journey, like to make a metaphor, you, you're going to, you know, you're going to walk to California. You know, you can just go straight across, you know, I don't know, 90 or what highway goes directly across the country. But you know, you can always stay on the main path and you're going to have a cool mm-hmm. toolbox at the end. <laughs> but while you're on that path, you're like, you know what, let me take this exit in the middle of the country and see where this takes me. And so you go down that for a little while and then you're like, you know what? I have edit all that out. That's this horrible, horrible part of the journey. There's nothing exciting that way. And you go and you're like, oh, let me take the tray and put gears on it. You know, like Izzy just made that incredible box, you know. So the idea, uh, the, the concept is, is that every once in a while while you're in something, you always have like an end goal that's like, in your mind, mediocre. But for the fans, it's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. But, in your, you know, you still don't have that like pizzazz that you really are always searching for. So mm. what I'm saying is you have an end goal in mind that's good, acceptable, okay. But while you're on the journey walking towards it, you want to try and maybe take a couple of different exits. And then you discover that, oh, wow, look at this beautiful hardware from Brasso. This will really jazz this up. Even if it's just that little addition, that takes something that's cool, makes it, oh, wow, that's really sexy now and cool. So, mm. and you know what I mean? So that's that's kind of what I always like to try and do when I'm working on an idea, even if the idea is... Like I said, an average idea, but you want to, you know, 
making projects great again. I'm going to run for 2023. That's an an extremely mixed metaphor, but I get it. (laughs) Because we were going to California, and then we were at Toolbox, and yep. Something. No, there's a big yeah. there's a big toolbox in California waiting for me. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Okay, I didn't know. So, <laughs> it's Monday morning. You need to work on a project this week. What makes you decide what project you're going to work on? That is a good question. Because you have a Sometimes huge list. It, it, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a video coming out this week. Like it's probably going to be out the same day that this vid, this comes out, where I did a scrap wood challenge. Now I work with the Maker Mob behind the scenes on a lot of stuff. Some stuff that isn't necessarily published, but um, the Maker Mob is this. You can sign up for the Maker Mob, and you can see behind the scenes tutorials from Frank Harworth and a bunch of guys and and uh, Samurai Carpenter. And there's a whole team of people on there. And anyway, we did the scrap wood challenge, and mine comes out this week but i made the video two weeks ago and because i've been on this like one week pretty much one week schedule i'm starting this week with no video that's due at least you know due for my own personal schedule this weekend so i have this whole week to play i have other things to do i just picked up a big job to work on for bullet bourbon so i'm going to at least do the first prototype for i got to make 10 of these things for bullet bourbon but I'm going to maybe prototype that, but the pressure is off to make a video. So going into this week, I'm going to look for a simple opportunity to make something interesting that's short and sweet. And so I will have another video in the shoot, but I have basically like a blue sky week. I don't have anything due mm. for anybody. I don't have anything on my sh- my list that's going to be. So next time we talk, hopefully I'll have something interesting to report. That will be the video for next week because this week is going to be the scrap with challenge box. So I like that. It's almost like I finished my homework early and hmm. I can just play. Hmm. You know, it's like I can yeah. go get ice cream because my book report was handed in. So this week I'm going to go get ice cream. That's another <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, got it. Dang. Yeah. Ice cream's good. I mean, you can actually ice. get ice cream. There's ice cream For me, in like, we plan, uh, I mean, you know, that's about me. We plan ahead. And so... I will look at the next two or three weeks and have the project laid out, whether I've done it or not. It's a different story, but like I'll I'll, I'll make a plan so that I can have the stuff um, here and and then I try to have the next month's schedule like some stuff on it, but it's always in flux. It always changes order. Sometimes it just goes away. Sometimes, but so I try to keep the kind of the next month this moving list and I order those and choose those by trying to have variation so that we don't have two pieces of furniture in a row and we don't have two props in a row or we don't have two 3D printings you know so I try to vary the object and the material that's being used for it um and I that's super intentional and I've got a bunch of reasons for that but the whole thing is trying to keep uh, variation week to week um, and so a lot of times if one thing has to move then other things have to move as well to keep that variation in play uh, sometimes you know we won't get a piece uh, piece of material or something in time or a design won't be as complete as I had hoped it was and so that'll end up kind of a, a trickle effect of changing and selecting different projects but that's kind of how we do it mm. I'm, I'm always just keep. I'm always just keeping it like a lucid dream. That's really, you know, that works best for me. But I mean, of course, there there are always obligations that come up. Like I, I haven't been doing a lot of p- 
paid advertised videos, but occasionally they come up and then you have to just stick on that schedule. You know, you just gotta, no matter what happens by the end, like a paid video was my, my table to bench that I made. And we had a phone call like, Hey, can we do some kind of spring related thing? I'm like, yeah, cool. The Lincoln welding. I'm like, they gave me some ideas. They're like, how about like, like a park bench? You know, you did that in the past, but how can we do that? But like, you know, make it updated. And I'm like, Oh, let's do a park that can bench that converts to a table. Like, okay, cool. Like they didn't care. You know, as long as I was dead, as long as I was emotionally invested in something for the spring. And then I found a couple of the ones made out of wood on the internet. And then I was like, I completely couldn't figure out what was going on. So I had to make my little model, which I did on Instagram. And then I laser cut one. And then that gave me the confidence to go to the big one. And when I went to the big one, I was like, oh, okay, now, now I fully grasp exactly what's going on. So I had to demystify that whole thing for myself on a, on a schedule. But I, once I dedicated myself to it, it came easy. But it's one of those things like where, where if you're like half dedicated and you're like, you know, then it be, makes it difficult. Mm-hmm. Makes it difficult for you. You know, I'm talking about when you're working against the client timeline or something. I'm going based purely on feel. I, I, I always want to be making what I want to be making that week. And it doesn't always happen that way because there are, I might have a sponsor and I'm like, oh, I can't do this project because I know it's not going to get the views and I want to make sure everybody's happy with that. So I might pick a project that I know is going to get good views. And then sometimes I don't want to work on a big project. I just want to, I just want something nice and simple this week. So I have time to maybe do other things, work on the book or, or whatever. And then sometimes it's all based on need. Like we need this bookshelf or whatever in the house so that's what i'm going to work on so i try to go based purely on what i'm going to enjoy most and sometimes it looks like i am out of ideas because you know what this week i just want to do a tip video and i don't want to spend a bunch of time and then other times it's it's completely opposite so if if you keep making what you want to make you'll enjoy it and i and since i do a lot of talking in my videos i I want it to come across as authentic. Like I am actually enjoying this thing that I'm making. Yeah. It, it is kind of a weird um, juggling act of making the stuff that you, <clears throat> that you need, the stuff that's kind of tedious, the stuff that you want that's interesting, the stuff that you want that's not interesting. There are certain things that I would like to have that actually wouldn't make a very good video. Mm-hmm. Well, you know? that's, and that's like, where a video like that, that's where I try and bring some like, uh, I can't think of a good example, but that's where I try and bring some good thematics to it. Some visual interest, uh, you know, super like if it's, even if it's like, honestly, I thought the injection molding video was going to flop. I mean, you know, it didn't do gangbusters, but I got a lot of really good responses from where I CNC would out the metal and, I cut out so much boring stuff out of that, and I tried to make it exciting the best I could. And if I couldn't make it super exciting, I just made it at least extremely informative to somebody that is interested in it. So, you know, like, I, it, it wasn't my typical video where I'm slapping material around and boom, 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 because that would just be like, all right, another CNC video. But I had to bring some education to it by actually talking over it, sharing my learned experience. So, I mean, each, each thing is definitely looked at, and you're going to say, okay, this isn't going to be all that exciting. How can I make it exciting? What what other element can I bring to it that yeah. you know is typically absent that will elevate it to a, mm-hmm. a level of interest? Give it some value. Oh yeah, I mean, I do that constantly with you know, and it usually uh, when <laughs> when there's a thing that I need 
and I add that element to it to make it exciting or make it unique or whatever, that element rarely gets taken advantage of after the fact. So like we <laughs> needed a picnic table huh. and I made a picnic table for the farm and it's, it's just a picnic table, right? There's only so many ways to make a picnic table. It's not unique. It's not, it's just a picnic table. <laughs> and to make it unique, we put some grill surfaces in the middle of the table, which again is not like, I'm not the only person to ever do that, but it was a thing that I could do to that table to make it, you know, different or whatever. And we have used it twice, but if I was going to cook hot dogs, I likely would not go to the effort to go out there and to get the gas bottles and hook up the gas bottles and make sure the burner's in the right place and clean out the thing from the leaves and go down there and light the burners to cook hot dogs at the table. You know what I mean? It's like, it's a cool idea and it works, but it's not something I'm going to take advantage of. I made a lamp recently because I needed a lamp for the bedside table and I decided to put in like a reading light in it that was face down. So there's a light going up and a light going down. And I have yet to actually use the down reading light in bed. I've never used it because I don't actually need it because I don't actually read books in bed. <laughs> but it was like, well, here's the thing that somebody else could take advantage of, I guess. You know, if somebody likes to read in bed and they don't want to have like bright light and they can have kind of two different lights for two different purposes. And so I built it in, but I don't take advantage of it. And there's quite a few things like that. You know, sometimes if if I take a mundane thing and try to add a spice to it, the spice is not taken advantage of. Maybe that just means I'm a mundane person and I don't actually take advantage of the interesting things around me, but I don't know. Anyway, you're muted, Jimmy. What were you saying? I have a couple of ideas for your R2D video. If in the beginning... <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm looking at you right here and like suddenly it occurred to me you look exactly like George Lucas at a certain age. <laughs> so if you're in the beginning okay. of your video, by the end of your video, like when you and R2-D2 are like Piglet and Pooh Bear, like and the sun's going down and you like lean into each other. But just before that, when you're actually on camera, you got to like start to grease your hair a little bit and like kind of define your part. Like George Lucas has that defined part in his hair. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. You need to like from the beginning of the video, slowly transform into george lucas by the end and i think you could just do it with hair like you don't have to like do well, any prosthetics the, i got the quarantine hair happening right now yeah in the, yeah the, you yeah. could do like the like the poof like he's got that big curl up <laughs> certainly don't put on as much weight as he's put on during the course of the okay. video you don't need to do that but like like a like a 35 40 year old george lucas with like a like a greasy part i think you would look exactly like him from like 1970s <laughs> okay so get that, some I bigger glasses and yeah. yeah that's it that's it and then just stare like into space and don't talk. And you'll look exactly like him. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for those ideas. <laughs> I will write them down. <laughs> See me writing I'm, them down right now? I'm waiting, I'm, down. <laughs> I'm waiting for the scene at the end where it's like you you just like just like the scene. I'm picturing like Pooh Bear and Piglet when they like lean into each other, like with this in silhouette form, like at Twilight. That's yep. gonna be you and R2D2 at the end of like a long, busy day. <laughs> eating hot dogs I, you know i could be another 10 years old before i finish this thing so i don't know i don't know what the hey. world's gonna look like at that point <laughs> all right you guys got anything else to to add to the ideas discussion before we wrap Te- it up teach yourself to be open to accept ideas at all times like when you're mm. out on a walk you're at the store or whatever always be willing to accept uh, an idea or be inspired by mundane things 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's really important to just... I, I did a, a TEDx talk years ago. Uh, I was all nervous and jittery on stage, so it's not something I like to promote, but it's out there. It's a TEDx talk where I talk about having breakthroughs, and that's really... That's really what you're looking for is you have an idea or two or three. You don't just run right in and make it. You really got to kind of like sit on it and let the breakthroughs occur where you think it's a good idea. And then you're like, oh, wow, if I just put that thing over there, now it's a better idea. So that's the concept of developing concepts and thinking them through and letting them marinate and, and just trying to find interesting things while you're being curious. Be curious about stuff you're not typically curious about. You really just got to be open and curious to everything. The way a zipper yeah. works, the way, you know, I'm looking at my trumpet here. You guys want to hit my trumpet? The way a trumpet mm-hmm. works, you know, just looking at the, the, the solder joints on the trumpet and, you know, the way this, this flashlight I'm holding, you know, like the texture on the flashlight. You just got to be curious about all these things because ultimately they all will come out in the wash one way or another in some video or another. And that's it. You know, you think of like, oh, I need a texture on something. Oh, the texture on that flashlight that I liked, you know. Yeah. It's just like adding to your vocabulary is what I call it. And and I think when you're recording your ideas, don't only record complete ideas. Uh, I think to what you're saying is like, I'm looking at my list right now and it's a combination of like full machines and mechanisms and visuals. It's, it's not like I only write down the project is in its complete form. It's like, you know, I have slushy machine on here. And that's just because eventually I want to make some cool slushy machine. But oh, it's yeah. not a fully formed idea. But then I also have like certain types of hinges on here. And I have slush certain color puppy. schemes. Slush and puppy. Those, <laughs> those are all separate pieces of ideas that will probably connect with another thing on this list at some point. So you don't have to only write down like a, a fully yeah. fleshed out, you know, brainstormed idea. It's just, just fragments. And then once you've got them all in one place, it's a lot easier to be reminded of them or just to be able to connect them later on pinterest yeah all right it's Um, funny i'm bad at keeping my own pinterest boards but when i do want to look at something i will go to a a google image search and it usually brings me to a pinterest board that somebody else put up or that i guess pinterest makes their own pinterest boards too like if you google like bandsaw antique bandsaw or you know anvil it'll bring up hundreds of pictures of anvils that are on the pinterest so it is it is a good resource mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it is it, it's it's frustrating to me because i don't there's part of me that, that gets irritated with pinterest because i think <laughs> when we Sorry. went through like our, our bathroom renovation and we've been talking about the kitchen pinterest is the the thing that like my wife goes to look for consolidating her ideas down to like one thing which is the purpose of it i get that but it goes on that forever process that process goes on for so long that I get irritated with Pinterest because it's the mechanism, not because oh there's God. anything wrong with it. But yeah. yeah uh, but you know how many Pinterest pictures I've looked at and like, can it be like this? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Call up Bill Gates, <laughs> see if he'll lend me money. He'll look just like that. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, if, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. If you guys have any more ideas about uh, ideas, we can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters, which we have a new supporter. Actually, he's not a new supporter. He's uh, a supporter that's been on our list for a long time, but he actually just moved up to the top level. So big Ooh. thanks to everybody that helps us out over there, but especially and welcome um, Rich Lowen. We met Rich at... I know Rich, yeah. Yep, Rich came to my house. Rich has been here. 
Oh, right on. Well, yeah, he came to one of the classes. Patrons. Thank you, Rich. Cool. So, Rich, and then also Albers Woodworks, Odin Leather Goods. Uh, you can make this too. Blondie Hacks, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, Maker in Training, Chad from Mancrafting, Works by Solo, and Corey Ward. But then there's a whole list of other people that also help us out at different levels, and we are really thankful for everybody. Thank you, guys. Seriously. It is it is a thing. Like, all these times are kind of crazy. Uh, stuff's kind of up and down with content creation, but the fact that we have people that support the show and continue to support the show is super cool. So thank you very much for that. Thank you, everybody. Um, if you want to help out the show, go to patreon.com slash making it. Uh, and if you don't want to do that, you could also just share the show with people. It'd be cool if we got like the show spread around to a new batch of people who have never heard it because we uh, end up talking about the same things a lot. And if we go to new people who haven't listened to the previous 260 some odd shows, then they think we're being super original talking about things. (laughs) So you should go share the show with other people. I would appreciate that. Thank you. All right. You guys got anything cool to recommend this week? Uh, I have a good one. Okay. It's somebody that I've been subscribed to on Instagram and then also on YouTube, but I never watched his videos. I I can't remember why I first subscribed to him. Maybe somebody sent him to me and I just said, okay, so I sub. Vice Grip Garage is a a show. I I can't tell if he's in Canada or if he's really at the northern border of the United States. Uh, He seems Canadian and he, uh, his name is, I think his name is Derek. And he goes to a location where there's a derelict car and he fixes the car up and then he drives it back home. And then he works on the car in his garage. Yeah, it's it's an idea that I had years ago. I wanted to like go on Craigslist, buy a five hundred dollar car, fly to it, or and then drive it back. But he does it so well, I could never do it as good as him. So I'm happy that he did. He's doing this because he's super funny. He's got a really funny personality, and he's not even trying to be funny. He's just a guy that just happens to have like a quirky personality, and he's and he's just a funny dude, and he's super smart. He kind of comes across as like a country bumpkin, but he's very, very smart, obviously, because there's so many systems in a car that I'm learning about working on the Cadillac. There's so many systems that can go wrong, and the mini, the, the minuscule systems and the larger systems all have to work together, and and he's he's good at figuring all that out and making sure they work. He hmm. got go change it. Like he, he, in one episode, he, he goes and pulls it. I, that might be why... He, because, you know, the computers listen to us. So the other night I'm like editing and doing something and the computer's like, hey, you like Cadillacs, right? Look at this car. This guy takes this old Cadillac out of a field. And so suggested to me was one of his videos, which is a recent one, where he goes and gets a 1970 Cadillac out of an old farm field, gets it started and gets it running. It hadn't run in 20 something years. So really, really informative and funny. So go check him out. His videos are really long too. Vice Grip Garage. That's it. That looks like a good okay. one. Speaking of really long videos, my pick is super long. It's an hour and 50 minutes. But I didn't have a pick when we started the show, but Rob brought up the R2-D2, and I said the R2-D2 sounds were made by an ARP synthesizer. And this guy, Alex Ball, I believe I picked him in the past, but uh, a couple weeks ago or a few weeks ago, he did this documentary on ARP instruments. And he... When you think of a YouTuber doing a documentary for an hour and 15 minutes, you might think low quality, but that is not the case. It is super well-produced. The research that his videos, like they, like his, he does little videos, but his documentaries take months and months. And I think this was like a year in the making and he's well-respected in the synth community. So 
um, people will send him synths that he can borrow for his videos or he'll get access to these super rare vintage synths. And I think his day job might be making, might be scoring films or, or TV or something, but it's really good. Um, it might be for a very small portion of our audience, but if you're into electronics at all, it's really cool to hear about the history and how these synths developed over time, especially like in the seventies and even going back to the sixties of how they were made. I've been thinking about this too, because I, I really, for some reason, we're all as artists every once in a while you get an urge for a soundtrack and you have to just like absorb it and suck it in and listen to it a hundred times clockwork orange i've been listening to and correct me if i'm wrong it's all made with the moog synthesizer a lot of the sounds i mean am i wrong or is that did i just make that up uh probably that would be my guess i don't know that would be i it I sounds like a fact but yeah. yeah 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 so anyway it's a great great soundtrack very ominous sounding and it's all you know keyboard music Cool. Well, I have two, and they're not at all related to what we do. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, one is a, a video that came out last week about the Unreal Engine 5. So the Unreal Engine is a video game engine. It's a system for building video games. And Unreal has been one of the, the bigger systems that games use for a long time. And in fact, remember when I was talking about The Mandalorian recently and how they, they had this room, this 360-degree room where they projected, they used Unreal Engine to project the environments dynamically in this room. So it can generate, like, you know, uh, lighting and particles and land and all sorts of stuff. It can do all that. So they use that real-time in this game, anyway, or in the show. So in Unreal Engine 5 is the new one that they're working on for the next generation of... Uh, you know, consoles for PlayStation 5 and then whatever the next Xbox is called. And so they did this video explaining how it works and what it's capable of. And if you're not into video games, I could see that like you wouldn't be interested in this at all. But if you can look at it objectively and just see that they're... I don't even know how to explain it exactly. They're creating dynamic lighting. So in video games, when you make a 3D object and you add lighting to it and you want it to look like there's lighting on it, you have to create the surface, the image that goes on the surface. You have to be able to modify that surface and create like a light version of it and a dark version of it. And then you blend between those to make the light, make it look like the light changes. They, they're now like stepping up to where they can do all that stuff in, it's not real, but it's real. It's not pre Figured. It's synthesized on the spot, like on the fly. Yeah. And they're doing it on these surfaces that are billions and billions of triangles, like incredibly <laughs> high detail and a dynamic. And so anyway, if you're into that stuff at all, even just the technology of it, whether you play games or not, it's pretty incredible to watch this video. And they, they kind of walk through and show some of the stuff that they can do. And one of the things that makes it really interesting, like with the dynamic lighting, is that instead of having a predetermined video game where like the character's holding a flashlight and they can only put the flashlight on certain surfaces, now this thing would, you'd be able to dynamically let the user point 10 flashlights at every surface anytime they Mm -hmm. wanted to and the the surroundings can react. So it's going to be a lot more realistic. But then that also lets you take this engine and apply it to other stuff. Like you could actually create movies that were 
modified or driven by a user because they're going to be photorealistic and they're going to be less predetermined. They don't talk about this in the video, but it got me thinking about like, once you have a technology that can kind of emulate reality, you, you apply that to maybe VR and let somebody walk through and modify a movie that they're watching or something. There's all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't know. That stuff gets me excited, not because of the video game end of it, but just because of when you build a technology that can open up possibility for other things. I think that's super cool. I love the fact that the video games, they sometimes you can't tell if it's a video game or if it's actual footage. Like I've seen these um, racing simulators and they do the flyovers and then inside the cockpit and you're like, that is crazy. And I love that there's the, the, the real side. And then there's this whole community of like vintage, new vintage games that, that feeds off of the, very low pixel count or the the colorful non-real side too and i like how it kind of splits off and these two are doing their own things yeah it's pretty cool anyway so check that out the other one is a tv show that we randomly ran across uh because we were looking for a new comedy to watch i like kind of you know happy fun comedies and we've kind of got burned through all of ours and i kept seeing this show called bless this mess on hulu Oh yeah, and um, I never, I didn't know anything about it, but we just tried it out, and it's about this couple from New York. There's like young people from New York who'd been married for a year, and they inherit a farm in Nebraska, so they go move to Nebraska to become farmers, but they don't know anything about it. And doesn't sound like much. It is surprisingly uh, hilarious and touching at the same time. There's some like it makes fun of everybody on the left and everybody on the right equally. It f- points out the flaws of everybody and teaches that you should like just be yourself and be together and be okay with other people being different. It is incredibly uplifting and surprisingly funny. It is a very very good show. We we've we've been burning through it and we're almost done with it. And I'm really bummed out that we're almost done with it. I want there to be more of it. It's created by Lake Bell, who I know personally because I know her and oh, her really? brother. Yeah, from the Lower East Side. I, I met them in the Lower East Side 20 years ago, and uh, yeah. I haven't been in touch with Lake recently, but I talk to her brother all the time. She moved to California and got married and disappeared. Uh, recently, her husband reached out to me through Instagram. Her husband's a famous tattoo artist, and uh, he reached out to me through Instagram. He wanted some advice on making a table. So I told him, show me what you want. Maybe I'll make it for you. So I don't know where that's going to go. But anyway, that's my that's my brush with fame. That's cool. Yeah. Well, it's an excellent show. So if you get to talk to her, oh, tell her I said that's I got, like it. Uh, <laughs> Dax Shepard, is that Dax, who that is? Dax Shepard, yeah. yep. Yeah. Dax yeah. and yeah. Dax Shepard. It's got a bunch of people. Pam Greer plays a character that I never yeah. ever would have expected Pam Greer to play. Ed Bagley Jr. is hilarious and awesome. The uh, there's a dude from like Anchorman. I can't remember what his name is. He's been in tons. Uh, Dave of Co- Dave Cochman, Dave Koch- Kochkin, or something like that. Maybe I don't know. I know you're talking about. Yeah. It's, and I'll it's tell you what, I, I know Lake is in like a whole a whole good s- section of. Uh, she's got a good circle of you know, active comedian friends around her. And I know if I know her, I know she's pulling all those cool people in because she had the opportunity to craft that show herself. So she pulls in like hmm. people that inspire her and people that are super funny. Ketchner, Dave Ketchner. It's, it's yeah, I can't I remember his name. name. Anyway. Anyway, it's a good show. You'll yeah. probably enjoy it. If not, whatever. <laughs> <Sorry. I know. laughs> all right. You guys got anything else for this week? Yep. 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 All right. Well, uh, 
thanks for listening, everybody. And catch oh, wait. Time. Oh, what? I'm not saying, but it would be interesting. I'm not saying, I'm not, asking, I'm not planning any seeds, but it would be curious to see, you know, a uh, Photoshop of Bob's face and, uh, you know, George Lucas. But I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> 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 oh, Twitter's Bob's face explode. With, <sighs> Bob's face had a okay. big, greasy, big, greasy parted hair 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 dude just say that just saying okay just saying just okay. saying <laughs> be curious Thanks for that yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that pooh bear silhouette right. i mean you know bob bob and i don't know i'm just curious i'm just thinking just thinking a lot okay yeah right yeah but right. cool but right. <laughs> see you guys next time <laughs>